1: Steve Martin has been doing a weekly Cartoon that he's collaborating With some illustrator on And holy shit They're the worst things I've ever seen They're not oh, just, really; They're awful Oh it, no I don't know he if it's does... on purpose But it's, it's oh,
2: Well now I need to see this I, don't I've even ne- know. I haven't heard of this I
1: couldn't tell you even what to search for but uh, the jackbox slack follows it every week and he tweets them Ugh. and they're just like unind- it's almost they're so bad it seems almost on purpose
3: like data see has- and this is a good thing that you could do for your brand. You got to establish when you're young that occasionally you do shit that's incomprehensible garbage. Exactly. So that way you whenever anybody feels like they want to criticize you, it's probably art actually what you were doing.
2: I'm pretty it's, sure it's probably art. If these are supposed to be bad, they're extremely good, and if they're supposed to be serious, they're extremely
3: bad.
1: It's just they're they're not jokes; they're just like ideas of jokes.
3: Yeah, this brings up a a, a point that Liz makes, uh, which is that this is wordplay, which is not jokes. It's not jokes.
0: Let's see. Thank you for the hot link.
3: Anytime you need a sausage. <laughs> 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 Travis hasn't spoken yet. And in speaking, you have the opportunity to sway the last bit of the crew that has not voiced their opinion. The newest members of the crew who have not come to know the personalities and sort themselves into different positions on the ship. And they have been listening to another new member of the crew, Jane. Jane, who has shown herself to be competent. Jane, who has shown herself to be resourceful, and Jane, who has made a point of talking to the other members of the crew who find themselves new to the ship. She has been watching carefully as the other people speak before her. Travis, you have her ear. What do you say?
2: I want you to think of where you were before you joined this crew. Maybe you were alone. Maybe you had friends. Maybe you had a family. But something drove you here with us. I don't know what. It's different for each of you. But know that out there in this city they're facing something that they've never seen before and they could never imagine. And maybe the reason that you're here is to help them. Help them save their city and help them save the life that they lead. And think, before you join the crew, if you were facing something like them, Would you rather be helped? Would you rather be saved to keep the life that you have? Or would you rather run? I yield my time to Gable. Travis, <laughs> no,
1: I, do, well, I do not take, I do not take Everyone time. Everyone kind of pushes I Gable it back. forward to talk more. <laughs> yield it back to the floor. I yield the time back to the floor. I don't need it again. No thank you.
0: Does anyone else? you
3: been pushed want out to time. the center of the deck?
1: Don't I don't I don't want this this time. No, thank you. Uh Travis did fine and gonna sit back down. Fine.
2: Now. At least the whole time I was saying good things.
1: It's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's called reversal. You know, it's like it's rhetorical technique. Uh it's, it's, it's,
3: Anyway. All right, I would like you as a group to roll a, it's not persuasion, a charm check, a charm check, which is based off presence and charm, which, oh, wow, huh, I guess it seems that Gable has the highest presence score and
0: How would that, that Travis
3: so has the highest charm score. Wow, I just read right, that off the top of my head. Right yeah, off the top right. of your head. That's incredible. Because I understand this game so well, <laughs> as we all huh. do.
1: So that means our pool is, I believe, two yellow dice and then three uh, green uh, dice. No, no right?
3: incorrect. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Your pool.
1: It's two yellow you dice know, and two green. Two yellow green. dice
3: and one green.
1: One green? Okay. Yep. Sure? <laughs> sure? if you weren't paying it, if It's good that you're paying attention. Yeah, way to you. keep me
3: on my um, is, uh, And we'll just call this check hard. So that is three purple dice. Uh, that's
1: three. Okay, let's, let's shake Senira.
3: So that is one success and three threats. Okay, thank you. So Jane stands up and walks forward. So I'm new to the ship. Uh, like a good portion of people here. Uh, I, I don't yet know how you do things, but I'm glad that this is the ship that I'm working aboard. I came here with PliFF, and I came here because we were running from the Red Feather Syndicate. The Red Feathers destroyed the town that we grew up in because we wouldn't hand over our goods, so they took them. And we had heard of the Tempest Armada, and we had heard of the Uhuru, and we just wanted to be a part of whatever fight was against the Red Feathers. We wanted to strike back at them, because they showed us how small we were and how much we didn't matter. I'm aboard this ship because this is the ship, and this is the crew, That took down the civility. And you did it for an opportunity. But you also did it because a town needed your help. And that's the crew that I want to be a part of. So, I'll be honest. My interest is in seeing the Red Feathers handed their due. So I don't want to risk myself and the people around me on a fight against a supernatural force. But I've also heard stories of the Mariner. I know what he does. And the things that were visited at my town at the hands of the Red Feather Syndicate have been done ten times over by the Mariner in the past. If the Uhuru is the ship that I signed up for, If the Uhuru is the ship that I think it is, then I think we have to fight. Because there is no one else on Sphere who would do it. And there needs to be someone who does. Because otherwise, what is this world worth? That's my time. And with that, Jane steps back into the crowd. There are rumblings and whispers that fall to silence as Oromar Vale stands up. He strides forward, looking around at the people who are considering the things that have been said. And he draws his sword. A sword that I named and I forgot the name of, but that's fine.
1: Gable grabs Travis and makes him (laughs) sit (laughs) down.
3: He draws his sword and holds it out in front of him. The shining blade gleams and makes his eyes sparkle in the morning sun. The red of the sky reflects against that blade, making it look like one that has already been soiled by battle. And in a swift move, he slams the point of the blade into the boards of the ship. It sticks farther in the wood than any man should be able to force, even a blade as sharp as Orimar veils. It stands there, the hilt wavering, as Orimar lets go of it. He looks around and makes eye contact, seemingly with everyone on the ship. Then turns around and walks back towards the main mast and the barrel that he sat on while he was observing everyone. He takes his seat. Well, uh, Captain, spoken then. Bring out
2: the buckets. I hate to hear you say that, Spit. (laughs) I really do.
0: We all do. It's a very important tradition that we respect, but when you say bring out the buckets, it's...
1: (laughs) (laughs) With the words and the phrasing.
3: And... Two wooden buckets are brought forward. Placed around them is a uh, enclosure and a curtain. And the crew votes. The crew votes by taking their coin, which we should probably come up with a name for it, huh? Euro
0: Your sentence. Uh, mm,
3: I, uh, your sentence is. That's cool. Pretty great,
0: or euros. <laughs> euros for sure. Euros I'm, I'm, for sure. I'm trying to think, like
3: your sentence sounds almost like you've been condemned by the red. F- Maybe, like your crimes or your,
0: uh, term, your misdemeanors,
1: yeah. sin.
0: I kind of there's something i i something about like your crimes. I, I kind of I could dig that. Um, your your stay. Your stay. That's
1: fun.
3: Yeah, I got to open a thesaurus now. Here we <laughs> go. Okay, okay. Your offense could be good. Your misdeed, like an Uhuru misdeed. Your malfeasance.
1: <gasps> I like a malfeasance. Yeah,
3: malfeasance.
1: Japan. <laughs>
3: yeah. Japan. Yeah, each member of the Kuru. Uh, each member of the great. The Every each time crew-ru. you
0: said Kru and Uhuru together, I in my head I always say Ukuru. Ukuru. Uh,
3: Kru Kru
2: Kruhuru. I
3: say Kruhuru. Kruhuru is good.
2: Kruhuru. Kru Kruhuru.
3: Each member of the Uhuru is expected to present their malfeasance. The object that represents their membership of this crew and place it into the bucket of the way they think the vote should go. It takes some time as each member of the crew filters into the privacy curtain <laughs> and makes their selection. But ultimately, it is up to the quartermaster to count the votes. And Johnny, once again, we come to you. Hmm. And I'll let you decide like you decided last time. How did this vote go? I think it was close. I think it was close, but
2: once again, as I said before, I would like for everyone to have very narrowly voted to flee, but I would like to tell everyone that they voted to fight.
3: Excellent. Uh, I like that choice. Um, And I will reveal to you now, just because Johnny made that arbitrarily choice, that arbitrary choice, which rules, every time the crew rolls in the upcoming encounter, they will have a black die because the majority of them do not want Uh, to do this. (laughs) That's
0: great. Yeah. That's great stuff. I get it. That's good. But also, come on.
2: (laughs) All right, the votes have been tallied. We will fight.
3: And there is a roar from the crowd that starts with just those who are most hungry for battle, but moves out across the rest of the ship as each voice joins the others, knowing that they decided to abide by what their crewmates chose to do. hoo hoo and it breaks out over the ship and that thundering call sounds across Nordia as the heart bell rings again. That tolling of the bell and those shouts though he doesn't know it Spell a threat to the mariner, whose ships even now gather in the harbor outside of Nordia, waiting to strike. return to the deck of the uhuru after the vote that has just taken place all of the crew members are bearing expressions of grim seriousness as they contemplate going into battle against the forces of the mariner even if it's only for a short time while the captain's council prepares a maneuver that will hopefully banish the mariner from this place and spare nordia his wrath where are the captain's council right now?
0: That's uh, you. Oh. <laughs> May, I'd maybe like to be like in the where we're keeping the birds.
1: Yeah, I think and... definitely Gable was going to start the scouting party anyway, and whoever wanted to come. And I assumed that Jonnet wanted to come as well. I don't know about Travis though.
2: Travis will join you in the
1: birdatorium.
3: Really? Okay. So you're all in the birdatorium. Uh, We can see flea is there, uh, you know, being the largest and most domineering bird. Uh, Flea is kind of like in a very folded up state right now and uh, sort of... uh, Cuddled in, that's the only way you can really fit Docked. With an albatross, you know, they'd mostly be able to fly alongside the ship. And right now, very particularly, uh, Flea looks kind of antsy. They're pecking at the cage a little bit, and he's, you know, fidgeting around quite a bit. Lucas is preening, as always. And you know what? We'll say Lucas is just enjoying a good occasional scream, um, You know, <laughs> just just as he does. And of course, Metatron is perched, looking very kind of self-serious and attentive to Gable as they are in the room.
1: Flea is the one that ate the curlew, right?
3: Yes. Oh, poor buddy.
1: Gable is showing Jonet how the new harnesses work, how all the birds are outfitted with like the sharp. Beat covers that can do Mm. more war damage. And overall, just trying to eyeball flee and see why they're acting so weird.
3: Yeah, and, and let's really get into describing that armor because again, it's very toyetic, <laughs> and it's probably something that's going to show up on action figures. So we we really want to <laughs> emphasize that you know maybe there's kind of a bit of a spring-loaded missile that shoots yeah,
1: out, yeah, water gun, yeah. understandable. Uh, it well, the, looks the v like opens horse up armor and
0: shoots the missile. Out. Yeah,
1: yeah. It's a bit beep, 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 beep,
0: beep. Do you think, Liz?
1: <laughs> no, no, it's lasers. Uh- <laughs>
2: and the bird's karate chop.
1: Yes. Yeah. <laughs> With just one leg and one arm though just to the side so it looks good (laughs) uh it looks basically like horse armor mostly like just a a piece that fits over a head um Mm -hmm. but and the the there is no bottom jaw piece it's just the bottom jaw is still open for biting but the it hangs a little bit lower on the the top hangs a little bit lower on the beak so like when it's easier to like peck and tear uh, cool cool. like pull away Uh,
3: is there anything on the bird's chests? this is just personal curiosity for me i
1: don't think so i don't think that would work like if you turned a horse right side up there wouldn't be anything on his tummy
3: (laughs) For for sure, but horses also typically aren't flying over the people that they're fighting. With a bird, that might be the case.
2: Mm. Birds do like fly, Liz. A loose. lot of
3: what? and and a lot of the attacking that uh, at least Metatron would be doing would be with with his talons.
1: Yeah, you're right. Well, I, probably then just a a leather underpiece. Cool. Then because like actual heavy armor would. Impact the wingspan of and uh, actually flapping the wings, so something a little bit lighter like that.
3: Mariner Battle Gable <laughs> with bird armor included. <laughs> They're gonna save the Uhuru <laughs> by yours today. Available at KB Toys. Alright, uh, it's KB, <laughs> oh, KB still Toys. Around? Nah,
1: nah. Not at <laughs> all.
3: <laughs> it's definitely uh, freaking oh. gone. That's why I think we're safe to say that. <laughs> Uh, yeah, cool. So, so we've got these birds that have been outfitted with this cool armor, and Gable is showing that off to Jonnet.
0: But okay, so I mean, we're putting this armor on, but we're not getting—we're not planning on getting into a fight up there, are we? We're I just trying to figure out where they're coming from. I don't plan on it, but
1: you never okay. know, especially if we're scouting into the forces to see how many ships they might have. We don't know how many ranged weapons that the Mariner might have. I don't. I will tell you both of you, I need you to both mm-hmm. look at me.
0: If mm-hmm. they look start
1: up. shooting, we will turn back. Okay. No flights of fancy, right. no heroism. That is for the inward parts of the the land. You know that the word for the inward parts of the land. Um. You know it, you know it. Inland, yes. Inland.
3: Uh (laughs) Uh, Travis, what what sort of prize do you give Gable for remembering a basic word?
2: (laughs) Um, I think Travis has some very tiny plaques in his uh, (laughs) in his jacket. (laughs) So So he's like, just one, just one, one second, and he looks. He's checking all of his many pockets. No, not not this one. No.
0: Wait, do you have that jacket? She's not this is a spare, uh, jacket. spare jacket? Okay, yeah, yeah, backup jacket.
2: Sure, yeah, I have a, I have, <laughs> I have a lot of jackets. Just not, they're not all good. Uh, one second, one second. Hold on, no, no, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on.
1: No, no, no. no. It's going no. to be very. Hold good. on.
3: Here, we're. This holding. is for you. <laughs> what does it say? What does it say, Liz?
1: What does it say? I don't know what it says. He gave it to me. <laughs> oh, hold on, hold on. Wait, What's wait, wait. <laughs> hold
2: on. Okay, here you go. Just this one says, the... I can't read a simple plaque. <laughs> so you can have this one. <laughs> and then the other one says, I remembered a very common word by saying two words that sounded exactly like that word.
1: Okay. First of all, you're oh, wait. going to need a lot Travis. more of these. It's going to happen a lot more.
2: Um, and why like, do you think I have all these pockets I don't know That's
0: <laughs> you're really encumbered Travis okay I'm just saying you're, you're just taking things a, a little bit like maybe over the top actually hang on I've got a plaque uh, for over the topness um, hang on and then he reaches <laughs> in a barrel of hay because he put it there for some reason and mm-hmm. this is for you Travis here's your sign <laughs> ah, what is it
1: it's, your, it's the sign. It's the sign that it's your sign. It's a sign that you are a. You've done a, a thing of a certain type of thing. Wait, is that what's happening? I don't remember a hundred percent. What? Here's your sign. Was,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a loose adaptation, uh, weak a, homage, a pastiche,
1: <laughs> a pastiche. <laughs>
2: Uh, hold on, hold on, one, one second. Oh, hold no. On. Right. oh okay. no, oh no. Here you go, here you go. Uh, it says, that's not a plaque. <laughs> <laughs>
0: what? Okay, all right, fine, you got me, okay? Uh,
1: I, ha- uh. I have one, I have one. <laughs> uh, Gable goes into their uh, pocket and ha- brings out a piece of paper and writes on it and hands it to Travis. It's a paper that says you're stupid.
2: Uh, Hold on, hold on. Uh, Here you go. It's a plaque that says, I'm not stupid. That's paper, stupid.
0: (laughs) How is it possible? The mariner is coming. (laughs) Oh, hold on, hold on.
2: Uh, Here, This plaque says, uh, sorry for your mariner's mark. We will get through this together.
1: (laughs) Gable picks up Travis and shakes him, and he sounds like a coin purse. (laughs)
0: <laughs>
1: you can't get on the bird with hold that on arm. hold on you can't get on the bird with that on you are too heavy this one says put me down <laughs> I'm gonna put you down but not because you told me to
0: Travis all of these plaques are bigger than the pockets that they originate from uh, hold How? on <laughs> Uh this one
2: this one says the the pockets are bigger on the inside than they are on the outside
1: that's in. Impo- that's not it's impossible that's not that's not a thing that can happen. No, don't. Here, or is it? <laughs> All right, I'm getting on the bird. I know if any you can continue your vaudeville campaign. That's not what the word is. Routine. Okay, I'm gonna go now. Hold on, hold on, hold on. No,
0: Janet also gets on a bird. Throw it into the ocean.
2: Here, this one says you mistook two common words, but you got there in the end. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs>
3: Hey heroes, it's James, your game master, and welcome to the midroll. We're getting things started off with a radvertisement, and this one comes to us from the good folks at the World Builders Charity. For those who don't remember, the World Builders Charity was founded by Patrick Rothfuss, who is a good friend of the show, and they are in the middle of their mid-year Geeks Doing Good 2020 fundraiser drive. They want you to know that for 2020 they've developed all new products to bring back their popular Indiegogo campaign. This is the fundraiser that helps world builders keep the lights on, pay their people, and remain a 100% pass through charity. That means on other drives, every dollar you give them goes exactly to the cause you want to support, which is a thing that does not exist for pretty much every other nonprofit. But this drive is also the drive where they develop a bunch of exciting new merchandise with their creative partners. Over on their Indiegogo page, you can check out the awesome new products they're doing like Jim Butcher signed bookplates, a King Killer cosplay kit, Chuck Wendig's Terrible Mind merch, artisanal foods, and much, much more, including three products from Campaign Skyjacks. That's right. This year, the World Builders folks reached out directly to us to help us develop some new merch in order to support their charity drive. The first is a beautiful Uhuru Jolly Roger pin that comes in at about one and a half inches with a brushed brass finish that looks amazing. There's also an Uhuru Jolly Roger T-shirt that I can attest is incredibly soft and also has a gold foil printing, so it looks really cool. And finally, the thing that I am most excited about. uh, It's unfortunately not part of this episode, but on a future episode, Travis receives a handkerchief as a gift, and we created a reproduction version of it. The handkerchief is 24 inches by 24 inches, which means it makes a perfect accessory if you fold it a makeshift face mask, or if you lay it out on a table, it makes a perfect replacement Illimat board. All three of these products were done with art by Justin Langill, an incredibly talented artist who's worked with us a bunch in the past, but you might not have seen his work yet. The work Justin did on this handkerchief is incredible. It is full of Nordian sights and symbols like flying ships, flowers, and bog mummies with some handsome renderings of Travis's animal forms. But you don't need to take my word for it. Head over to the Indiegogo page for Geeks Doing Good 2020 by going to bit.ly wb gdg 2020, googling Geeks Doing Good 2020 Indiegogo, or following the link in our show notes to take a look for yourself. We are so thrilled for the opportunity to bring you really cool merchandise like this. And we would love to see lots of Skyjax fans come out and support this. If you do, there's a chance in the future we'll be able to make more cool stuff like this. And all that money goes towards a great cause. A huge thanks to the World Builders team for supporting the show this week. And before we get to our episode, I want to take a quick moment to thank some of our backers on Patreon. Maya, thank you. Jay Ferguson, Thank you so much. Jeff Barber. Thank you very much. B. Richard. Thank you so much. Anita McGrath. Thank you. Lou Tennant. Thank you very much. Jason Gabbert. Thank you. Emily Harker. Thank you so much. Brigid Igo. Thank you very much. David Saggers. Thank you. And Jacob Auer. Thank you very much. Thanks again to everyone who supports the show. We wouldn't be able to produce it without you. Now, with all of that out of the way, let's get back in the sky. So, which birds are people riding?
2: Metatron Lucas. Flea. Oh, did you want? Did
3: you want Lucas? You can have Lucas. Oh, I'll take Flea. Yeah, Flea save Flee save Johnny's life earlier. That that seems uh, like a pretty good match to me. And Lucas now- still has part
1: of Johnny inside of him oh yeah
3: lucas (laughs) i think as you go to climb aboard lucas like lucas just gives travis a hungry look and you know how horses will like kind of uh harmlessly nip at your shoes sometimes that's kind of where lucas is at for human flesh specifically travis's i will never get close to a horse <laughs> <laughs> Just little nips. Little, little nips. nips. Little nibbles and nips. Uh, I am going to draw a luminary now to see if anything interesting mm. happens on your fight out. It's the changeling. Oh, Uh-oh. I know one of those. This is she. <laughs> <laughs> we take off. From the Uhuru, the Skamalik has been cleared away from the aviary doors to allow the underside and side of the ship to open up for all three birds to lift off together. Lucas starts with quite a bit more flapping than the others, but soon they are all up in the air and circling above the ship and Nordia itself. It is still raining, though not as intense. The sky in front of you has gray clouds that are tinged with a spot of red. Basically, anywhere that is thinner or broken in the clouds lets a haunting red light through over the landscape. It is the, perhaps the dreariest thing you could possibly imagine you're all in the air, I, I'm assuming communicating together through uh, simple hand signals and what other, whatever uh, language that you've developed to talk to one another while you're in the air. What do you do? Who's leading the way?
0: I think Jonnet does like a symbol where he he spreads his arms out real wide. He goes from a closed fist, close up tight, to wide to maybe indicate, are we spreading out or And then he keeps both hands together and puts them in a straight vector. Is like, are we flying together in formation? Because that makes sense, my head.
1: (laughs) Gable signals back, flying together in formation, and holds up a hand with five fingers to indicate that after like five minutes, we'll spread.
0: Okay.
2: Travis puts his hands together, does a small bow. And then holds up five fingers to indicate thank you, five.
0: <laughs>
1: Gable turns to Jonnet for confirmation of thank you, five.
0: <laughs> so Jonnet puts his hands together, small small bow, and holds up five. Jonnet just also leans down and gives Flea a big, like a pat on the front of the chest and just kind of they're in the air. So like an, an air whisper, uh, just like, Hey, thanks for taking care of that curlew back there. I never got a real chance to say, to say, thanks. Uh, you're a real one.
3: (laughs) If Lee turns back and, and gives you a look, well, I mean, it's a big, like they're basically like seagulls, right? (laughs) yeah so yeah it it gives you like a big high pitch. well i mean it would be high pitched if it was a small bird. This is like a a rumbling bird cry. We can find seagull audio and uh <laughs> <No>. you know <laughs> pitch, it pitch down. that way way the hell down, whatever that sounds like and it gives you a look like. I think Flea has looked at you differently probably since Bujaneeth but in a way that like you really couldn't place your finger on. But it's almost like there's a, a mutual respect between the two of you and your three birds fly off. As you pass over Nordia, uh, there are details that are difficult to make out because there's a lot of fog that is rolling in from the bay and, uh, you know, like lower Nordia is hard to see. Upper Nordia, you can still see like there are people that are mostly in buildings. Like there's a lot of smoke coming up from, uh, the various inns and taverns around Nordia. They appear to be entertaining. uh, mostly there is a makeshift tarp that has been thrown up over the fountain in the center square and Sven. So people appear to be mostly still carrying on, even though the vendors and stalls are not out. As you look towards the water, You see a rolling fog in front of you, and it appears that uh, the weather gets more intense the farther out you travel. So you're facing a lot of rough rain, heavy winds, and fog ahead.
1: Is it like a wall of fog?
3: Um, I I think as you drift out, basically, if you come to the beach, you'd be looking down on banks of fog, and slowly they get higher and higher.
0: Hmm. So you can't necessarily go above it.
3: You you could go above it, but you'd essentially be going above the clouds at a certain point, and you'd only be able to look down and see clouds.
0: Is there a way that, like, an arcane spell might... um like work out in the sense of like I wanna like use a spell that would part the fog right in, fr- in maybe John its immediate like front, if that's at all possible Yes.
3: I, I do think that would be possible. I do think it would be difficult. Um and gotcha. a thing to consider is if you part the fog to see down into the water, whatever's in the water will be able to see back at all of you, and it will be very obvious that you're there because the clouds are breaking and the fog is parting. I do think, though, Gable has a chance. It might be a hard check, but Gable has a chance to do a divine check uh, and use their sort of evil sense. Yes. Because we're
1: looking for evil. And I will say we also, the birds already have lamps. We established Mm -hmm. that for like these foggy days they have like little lamps hanging on chains in front of them um I can do
3: a trick.
1: how hard would it be Joms?
3: um I, I think it's three purple now there are also things that you can do to edge those odds in your favor if you would like
1: I mean it's pretty pretty good I got two yellow and two oh, greens yeah. on magic checks not wow
0: wow 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 <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. We don't know if this is good. <laughs>
1: That's four successes and three f- threats. Oh,
0: wow.
3: Okay. okay. That's
1: a wild roll, my dudes.
3: Um, so Let's go, Gabe. Gable. you absolutely take point on this. You are sitting on the back of Metatron as He is gliding around banks of storm, basically uh, uh, avoiding the worst winds and trying to keep his feathers dry and useful as long as possible, while you are on his back trying to concentrate. I think there's a bit of a pins and needles sensation you get as you connect yourselves to the scant bits of wing that you have been able to rebuild for yourself you flick the eyes open on your wing and they pierce through the fog something that you notice uh you got four successes so something that you notice immediately like obviously the ocean and all the water around you all kind of has a bit of the stink of baleful intent on it like Everything around you feels evil. This fog is evil. The water beneath it is evil. The storm is evil. If you weren't carefully looking at things, I think you could have easily had your senses overwhelmed by the malefic intent of the water. But you've actually had a little bit of practice doing this recently. It seems like place after place that you go, you constantly have to re-engage these skills that you had left behind a long time ago. And you focus on pinpoints and you can feel out in front of you. uh, I want to say, about a mile or so into the water, well past the bay of Lower Nordia, you can feel some of the most hideous evil intent that you've ever felt in your life. And it has been a very long life. You feel that, um, but don't touch it you know how intense it would be. Instead, you work your way, mapping around it in your head. This does require you to make you and your allies draw closer to that force so you can get a really good sense of exactly what's going on out there. And slowly but surely, you pull on the threads of the universe the way a spider does tracing through its own web for signs of victims and tensing the strings of reality you find out little by little information about the fleet of drowned sailors beneath you i am gonna let you ask me three questions that you would like to know about these ships And if you can't think of any specific questions, I'll just try and give you whatever useful information I might think would be there.
1: Uh, yeah. How many?
3: So you feel around and establish a perimeter for yourself. This is grueling and exhausting work, especially in the storm, and especially because you feel responsible for shepherding your allies around this area. Travis is a relatively strong fire and, and John, it's a strong fire too in good conditions, but these are about as far from good conditions as you can get. And you naturally and easily manage to calm Metatron's nerves and guide him through this storm. And I think Flea has a little bit of his own instincts surrounding this sort of thing. So he's doing well, but Lucas needs a lot of help and gets stressed out very easily. You have to double back and check in with him. But eventually, you do manage to get a rough idea of how many ships there are. Are, and you believe there are about five the largest of the ships rivals the uhuru in size there are two ships that are about the size of il sanguidio and there is one medium-sized ship that is you know i i want to say it's much larger than il sanguidio and just a bit smaller than the uhuru they are all out there in the water floating and bobbing in the heavy waves which seem to roll around them but not cause them any stress or damage
0: they're not moving
3: they're not sa- they're not sailing right now they might even be anchored okay. but this is of course according to gable's perception a very clever tyler asking a question during this so we could just get a little <laughs> I, bit of more information. I, 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 out of I me. said
0: it. I'm like, am I cheating? I hope I'm not cheating. It's fine. It's fine. I'm just I so mean, interested in the story.
3: Is it <laughs> cheating if you succeed and I don't figure it out until afterwards? Who can say? Yes. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> Next question. How many beings are on each ship?
3: That is going to be. A heavy question that might eat up your other question. Would you be comfortable with that?
1: No, I would rather know which ship the Mariner is on. Mm.
3: You can sense there is a domineering force that sits on the largest ship. (gasps) It is you You have to draw your gaze closer to these ships in order to parse out things like at first you start like, well, I'll, I'll just count, you know, whatever life forces or beings there on these ships. And as you slowly start pinging your perception against these drowned sailors, it is just awful to perceive them in the way Gable perceives beings. It is though all of the worst qualities in these people that are aboard these ships have been gorged and bloated, like infected lymph nodes just swelled up to absorb their entire being with this cancerous malice. And worse yet, it is all strung together and knotted within itself, leading back to this awful leeching force that is the Mariner. The construction of this creature, it's like, it's it's almost like a jellyfish with a thousand terrible tentacles that leak out through the water and grab onto things, slowly overwhelming their being and turning it into a part of itself. But yes, you can feel on the largest ship there is a presence that could be nothing else than the Mariner.
1: Third question. Once Gable feels this jellyfish sort of connection between all of these beings in this mass... Can they also tell how easily or how thin those connections are, how easily broken they
3: are? So the bonds between the Mariner and the people on these ships, they're incredibly strong, thick, and well-established. You give a bit of a look over to Janna, who right now bears a Mariner's mark. The tendril that is coming from Jonat's palm is limp and drifting lazily in the breeze. While these connections are taut like thick cables spun out of steel, it appears that not only are these beings, these drowned sailors on these ships, physically close to the mariner, but they are deeply bound to the mariner's will in a way that someone like Jonnet is not.
1: Okay. And that's the only thing that is in this clatter, the, these five ships, right?
3: That Yeah. You, you've only sensed the five ships, which, I mean, as a Corsair, you know that a raiding ship of the Uhuru size could have anywhere between 100 and 200 crew members on it. So the the smaller ships like could still be carrying a staggering amount of people. The army that's amassed in these drowned sailor ships would rival Nordia. And these aren't just, you know, people who have ranges of, of children and elderly folk. These are all people that would be ready to fight. So you're, Probably considerably outnumbered, even with the presence of the Uhuru, which, you know, that is anywhere between, you know, 50 and 200,000 strong fighting people
1: Who's to say, who's Who's to to say, there's no way to know. Um, I wanted one more question answered and you can let me know if I need to roll for it again. Is there any way I can tell how well armed the ships are?
3: Okay. You did get four successes and that's kind of a lighter question. I I think the large and medium-sized ships are gunships, which means they are designed to sport as many cannons as possible. I think the smaller ships do not have many cannons. Uh, They probably have just about you know, six guns apiece, which might be a bigger warning sign because that probably means they're just packed to the gills with crew.
1: Gotcha. That is all I need to know.
3: Yeah. Uh, at this point, this, is, this would be where if I had drawn an unfavorable luminary, I think I would have had the mariners have a chance to notice you. But we did draw the changeling, which, if anything, is like the luminary that is tied to Travis most deeply. And I, I, I think also kind of offers like its own sense of concealment. Uh, like, so I I think you've managed to like go on this little scouting mission pretty easily without events from the Mariners. However, Jonnet, you riding out over this water, I think progressively you have felt more and more stressed, like it is difficult to keep yourself calm. It's like your body has thrown itself into a fight-or-flight circumstance and you just can't seem to snap yourself out of it. Flea is taking pains to make your journey over the waters as delicate and easy as possible. But in the middle of a storm like this, it's really difficult.
0: As the tension starts, like, building again John is finding it harder and harder to focus on the act of like looking out for the Mariner's fleet and more just trying to like kind of more close to himself just like try and keep himself together so I think he's probably trying to focus the most on just like the rhythm of fleas flapping which might be like like how Flea is able to like sort of soothe him mm. a little bit because it gives him sort of a like a totem to like check in on.
3: Oh yeah, like it, it is a storm, but albatross typically don't flap their wings that often, so maybe that is oh. how Flea is like taking pains to help you. Mm. Flea is actually flying in a way that will allow them to allow him to flap in a rhythm.
0: Oh, I like Flea. Flea's a real one. Mm. Hey,
1: thanks, uh, buddy. <laughs> Gable uses the lamp on the bird and covers up the light and uncovers it in a pattern that indicates that it's time to turn around and turn back. Oh, thank. You. Oh, thank you.
0: All right, and Janet, go ahead and 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 just whips the <laughs> whips whips the bird around.
2: <laughs> I think Travis. Fly, like turns around but flies pretty high into the air now that now that he knows that kind of like the mission is over he's gonna have a little fun on the way back.
3: <laughs> what does that entail <sighs> uh just like flying up real
2: high kind of diving down real fast between jonna and gable stupid you know whip, whipping around them being uh showboating a little
0: goes
1: right Gable is Gable is so upset that no one said thank you places (laughs) (laughs) so they're just flying straight on real pissed off
3: yeah Travis I, I think there is just a sense of freedom and lightness that you have right now you're flying back to port to make a very big decision to do something that's probably life-changing and at right now at least from travis's perspective there's a pretty big chance that he will become a mortal man so i like i think those feelings are kind of swirling in the background and your showboating on lucas is kind of keeping them at bay and it's also you know lucas was struggling a lot earlier so this is helping lucas out a lot too it's all for him.
0: As Travis like maybe cuts a little close to Jonnet, he clenches up real tight on on flea and then she like yells at Travis, "Hey, hey, leave that crap and booze knee!"
2: <laughs> <laughs> Johnnyt, you see out here, I'm a different bird, a man this time. I'm not a bird, which is then different you're not- from a bird.
0: I don't see how the the catchphrase loses its validity if you are in fact not a bird at all. Gable hmm. throws a rock at Travis. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah.
2: Travis d- dives off of Lucas. <laughs> Dude,
0: no. I, come on. <laughs> God. And uh, why do we have birds if you want to leave the bird at any moment?
1: But why do we have? Why, why did I bring the bird?
2: And Lucas will catch. Lucas will catch me. Because no, we're buds.
1: He can't dive. It's a peacock. <laughs> he can dive. No. <laughs> Travis is just free falling through the air, dummy.
3: <laughs> yeah. Lucas catches him and it's awesome and it rules. I mean, no, it doesn't. Liz, I really wish I could overrule him right now, but we did draw the changeling. So
1: <laughs>
2: this is
3: happening and we have to accept it. So we turn to the interior chamber of the captain's quarters aboard the Skyship Ahuru, where a very important holiday party planning committee is sitting around the table. All right. uh, The captain has given us a special dispensation to use his office. So uh, we we can plan out this uh, upcoming religious holiday uh, to respect all observant members of the crew. Uh, Gable, you are our liaison to the captain, so you're pretty much, you know, we're going to make requests from from our perspective of things that we think we'll need to celebrate our religious holiday, and, and you got to approve the budget. I cannot believe
1: that I am here for this. I know.
2: It's great. It's so, so exciting.
0: I have, we rarely get to work together.
1: Yes, this is true, but I have to... I must protest that I think I'm uniquely unqualified to be part of this party planning committee.
0: Wh- well... Why? Gable, Explain you're in very extreme fun. detail. You're thank- very fun. Well, th- th- th-
1: thank you. Spit, you just just continue. I'm going to do my best and try to reserve judgment.
2: I feel like just by saying that, you've kind of already made your judgment known. Yes, It's well- kind
3: of a lingering hint of judgment beneath then that statement.
1: I'm doing my best, and my best
3: is all I've got. Well, I mean, this holiday only comes once a year, and there are a lot of members on the crew who are looking forward to it, so we're, we're just trying to make it special. You know? I will say that
2: by by saying out loud that the holiday does come once a year, you've set a dangerous precedent.
3: It come, well, I mean... <laughs> <laughs> I can see my mistake now, but it's there
1: and in the mm-hmm. canon. <laughs> so, do I have to put the innuendos down in the notes, or can I just skip over them entirely? Because otherwise, we're going to be here for a very
3: long time. Well, I mean, you know, the, you are the cruise liaison. We we just need to make sure that that you approve all of the budget. So, so morally, can, well. Well, (laughs) first of all, that sounds there's a hint of judgment in that statement. A tiny
0: little sprinkling of judgment,
1: preserving it, preserving judgment.
2: You know, it's kind of like when someone says no, no comment, but you, but you know what the comment is. It's own
1: comment. I understand. I'm trying to broaden my horizons. Spit, please continue. I am dying.
3: So we all understand that this is kind of an office, a workplace event. So we want to kind of respect that as, as we talk about the budget. Obviously, I'm sure baritone Barry, uh, uh, jerk off Jerry. I'm I'm sure yes, Jerry, agree to disagree on that. Uh, I think everybody came here with their own vision of what this should be, uh, but we got to think about you know what's what's the minimum amount of this holiday. What do we actually need? at the party in order for it to really be Hump Springer. We need free
2: reign of the ship. We need everyone off the ship unless they're they're gonna participate. I think that's
3: I think that's fair. I think that's yeah, fair. Think, no
0: judgment during Hump Springer. Uh, I and mean,
3: both of both of those things are free. That's true. That's true. Mm-hmm.
0: And even uh to that point, like I think we could save a little money by uh not uh, using oil to burn uh, to burn uh, candles and, and lamps and whatnot, so it can have good mood lighting. It's very dark and dim. Everybody can just uh, get in the get in the vibe and just uh, start feeling how they feel.
3: Well, now I'll, I'll push back against that perhaps a little bit. I think I'll Please back up right back. against it. Uh, what <laughs> I, I think is up there. Grind oh. up
0: on my idea.
1: <laughs> Going to vomit. Going to throw up in my hands. Please. I'm-
3: <laughs> I I, well, I'll
1: just, I'll just watch what you two've got
2: going on.
3: There are certain tableaus that, you know, part of my experience, a Hump Springer, what I want out of a good Hump Springer is to be confronted by certain tableaus. To open a door and, and witness, just fully take in, uh, you know, its own bit of holiday spirit.
1: You want a sexual Scooby Doo? I understand.
0: <laughs> Actually, yes. Gable, Gable uh, touched on something very that's that's amazing. Yeah, we you touched on the, something
3: very sensitive, Gable. I and very, so feel nothing. free to not. keep touching on that sort
0: and of I'm thing. I'm just gonna go ahead and massage this nope. idea just a little bit. Ugh. All
2: right. Again, so, I'll I'll just keep on watching what you all have going on.
0: For sure. For have, sure. We have uh, one hallway that's just full of doors. All right. And that hallway is pretty lowly lit. All right. Maybe just one at the end of the either side. And as you go into each door, some of them might be lit very well. Some might be lit. Not at all. But uh, it, we, we sort of uh, leave it up to the people that are behind the door to maybe establish the mood and feel.
3: Mm, now, I like this. And again, this is doing it on the budget. This is this is cheap. This is easy, you know. But we're staying so f- pretty contained. Yeah, Can, so I, far can I make we're saving a suggestion?
2: A uh, 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 sexy suit of armor. Maybe a suit of armor, uh, but also there you can see it's junk. In like, There's armor junk, so you can keep the, the junk safe, um, but also uh, use it.
3: Uh, I'm worried that that's going to eat into the prophylactic budget, because it does sound like we would sort it into prophylactics yeah but you just
2: you can you can just hose it out and reuse it.: That's disgusting mm. absolutely not
1: I'm not going uh, too- to buy a suit of armor an entire suit of armor with a cod piece on it that is well, just going to be removed that seems it, foolish and a waste of money okay okay
3: okay i I hear where you're coming from i I, I hear what you're saying what if? We got just the cod piece. Hmm. Sure. I'll allow it. Sure. All right. Now, there are going to be some arguments over that. Sure. There's probably going to be some pushing and shoving, but that's part Thanks. of the spirit of Hump Springer. So I, I think that's fair. I need I need to walk back
1: a little bit. We're jumping into budget before we're talking about logistics. So you say you need, you and the followers of this holiday need the run of the ship how long? For what period of time? Because I am in charge of taking the orphans on a field trip to a museum. I need to know oh, how long I need to entertain for them
0: for. For sake.
1: If it's more than 13 hours, we will all pass away. <laughs> <laughs> Something terrible is going to happen.
3: Well, I mean, uh, a traditional humpspringer, uh, I, I believe, is, is dust till dawn. Mm hmm. Guess we can do do a
1: day trip. They're all so weak. If we go to the beach, they'll all pass out. But that's that's my problem. I am being judgmental. I will deal with the logistics of my end. Dust till dawn is fair. Fine. Fine.
3: Oh, okay. Now, now, jerk off Jerry got to, to make his mm. special request uh, uh, of a thing that he would like to see. Uh, Baritone Barry, uh, for you, uh, is, is there anything that you feel like you need the budget to, to acquire to really make this Humpspring a, a special for you?
0: about 6 barrels of lubrication <laughs>
1: 6 barrels is It's not a lot i know that's, it's no, not that's a lot a, that's a tremendous...
0: it's on the low end i'm trying i'm trying to to conserve you know all right uh, <laughs> i mean <what> I, are,
1: <laughs> am i using lubro
2: well, I don't know how much are you using. I
1: don't. That's how many barrels do you use? I don't use barrels. That's
0: fair. Yeah, yeah you're right. You're right.
3: You this is the don't, thing don't. that I think the fans would love to have established in the canon.
1: I've never been horny in my life, and I never will be. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you say that, but wait until you wait until you see our our sexual <laughs> Scooby Doo. Yeah, I no, will
1: not. Exactly. I'll be at the I
2: museum.
3: Mean, everybody like this is the thing I want to emphasize although this is a religious holiday and it, it's something that that we have to do because we we have a quorum of people on the crew who, who practice uh, uh this this religious holiday and observe it uh, I do I do want to emphasize that everyone uh is welcome above mm-hmm. above uh, uh, an appropriate age
2: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I just thought of another thing that I would like to um, sort of establish um, so there would be a room where you walk in and it looks like there's a, a penis floating in the middle of the room. Mm-hmm. And then you get closer and, you, and you're and you like, wait a minute, there's not a penis. It's all transparent and it looks it looks all see-through. And then you realize that it's uh, just a, a series of mirrors that make it look like the penis is floating in the middle of the room. And it's called Pecker's Ghost.
1: Ugh, <laughs> I was about to say Peeper's Ghost.
2: <laughs> anyway, I hope that journey was worth it for y'all. <laughs>
0: Absolutely, very satisfying. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Again, I hope this is tremendously satisfying. Uh, now, now there is uh, Barry has offered to uh, perform music uh, at at this event as as it is traditional. Uh, uh, mm-hmm. so I would like to request uh, some sort of uh, amplification system, uh, and I think this could be a, a general-use item on the ship, too. We would mm-hmm. need to clean it thoroughly after Hump Springer, of course, but... We
1: will yeah, throw it yeah. in the ocean. Absolutely not. Whatever you use oh, is going right into the ocean. you can't throw
0: out a PA system like that? Come it's going on. Into
1: the ocean or a fire, whichever your preference is. <laughs>
3: Well, I, I mean i guess i suppose that's your prerogative if uh if you want to ocean dispose of something instead of uh cleaning it uh you know that that's your prerogative but but can we get the the pa system yes. uh,
0: right uh because i will be the hump springer singer and did you get my request for the uh four part uh string quartet
1: oh yes uh i did um i was a bit Confused because none of them are playing string instruments
3: that no, I've ever just, heard of.
0: They're just having sex. Yeah. Okay.
3: Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're bound <laughs> up <laughs> together <laughs> in strings
2: is the thing. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. A g a g string quartet. Yeah. <laughs> that's. <laughs> Uh, Um, i gotta go i was also also thinking maybe just um we have a room where people are blindfolded and uh we just have like a bowl of wet plums and they can stick their hands in there and we we could tell them it's like mummy balls or something
3: (laughs) now that's fun (laughs) is this
1: is this like a is this supposed (laughs) to be a sexy night or is this supposed to be a scary night
0: it's just supposed to be a fun night. It's a fun night, yeah. Just with, a good, just a good time with okay. no
3: inhibitions. This year we did draw a, a spooky theme for it. Every every mm-hmm. hump Springer has a different theme every year.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Okay. Yeah, we had a we had a Christmas one one time, mm-hmm. and uh, I'll tell you, the longest line was the one to sit in Santa's lap.
1: Why jerk off, Jerry? Well, because uh, so the you could jerk of off while you're sitting the... in his lap. Okay, thank you.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and do That's we... what I did anyway.
0: <laughs> well, uh I I just wanted to double check uh cuz we reached out to a couple people to maybe sponsor mm. uh, the event. Did we hear back from Hennessy? Did Hennessy get back to us?
1: I I received a very wet box.
0: Yeah, that sounds like Hennessy.
1: Hennessy. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh I That assume... means they're in. Okay. Uh then yes, we heard we heard back. From uh, it did sound like a lot of things A lot of what was broken inside, so we might have to contact oh, them. No, again. that's
3: part of it. Mm-mm. It's a part mm-hmm. of it. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, just wrap your imagination around that. That that's no. definitely part of it.
1: No. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> no.
3: Uh, is- well, uh, okay. I-, I think I think we we've got uh most of it
2: covered uh. Yeah, clearly, clearly this is there's a very clear plan and (laughs) um, just very well defined uh, parameters for the party and for the holiday in general that I think that uh, people will be able to look to for years to come uh, Mm -hmm. annually, uh, whatever day this may be. Every year we can sort of look towards this day
3: yeah uh, the last thing that I really want to sort out is is the poster that that we want to put up around the ship to advertise to the crew to let them know that they are welcome at our celebration even if they haven't traditionally observed hump Springer that anyone can come in and and get in on this hump springer
2: yeah it's definitely got to be a 3d poster. That's For what, obvious reasons.
3: That's what I was thinking as well. That's what I was thinking as well. You want it to be a little interactable. Mm-hmm. Right, right, right. Or maybe it's, maybe
2: it's like a magic eye. Ooh. So, you know, you stare at it long enough, and then you, re- then you really see what's going on.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You stare at it long enough, and it's like, oh. It's an anus.
3: Well, yeah. What, what if we we sort of put those two ideas together? So, you know, you're looking at the poster. It is a 3D poster. There's some sculpture work in it that you can interact with. And then you kind of, you cross your eyes and all of a sudden it changes. You know, you, you, see, a, you see a deeper picture. There's
1: no way and any of that is readable. 3D do you, do you, and magic guy is that's that's impossible. There's no way. There's no way. Do you
2: remember do you remember when our ship used to have a taint painted
0: on it?
3: I do. And <laughs> I for, I loved it. And I miss it.
0: <laughs> we really gotta get that tank. We back.
1: gotta get that no, taint we back. Did we did not need to get that. Wait the a tank minute.
0: Back. What if we reinstate the tank? That'll be our poster. Put Reinstate that the tape. The taint. <laughs> Reinstate Re-in the tape. Reinstate the tape.
3: Reinstate the tape. Well, we only did it twice. That's okay. Uh, well, well, Gable, if you want to sign off on these uh, 3D interactable magic eye posters to be put up so around mad. the ship in all places to let people know they're welcome to Hump Springer, uh- I-, I think we're ready to go.
1: I guess all I need is the final budget total. What's the final number?
3: Uh, well, let's see. Uh, that's uh, cod piece being approved. Uh, we're gonna have the to get money some balls. No, uh, yeah, gotta gotta skin some plums and uh, the mirrors, mirrors. That's gonna set up a whole mirror room and obviously About a hundred uh, bucks. Yeah, yeah, all, in all pretty bucks? affordable. <laughs> Is that too much? Is that too much, Cable?
1: No, never mind. I was just trying to give no, you a we gimme can, uh- to save...
3: To we say being selfish. That's fine. We All were right. being selfish. We were being selfish. I think we can pull it back a little bit. Uh, let's say mm-hmm. you know we probably everybody was picturing a steel cod piece. We could get a, a lower quality bit of metal, and uh, I'll just do some adjustments here and uh,
2: maybe we get half as many half as many plums, and then it's yeah, like the mummies yeah. each only have one ball.
1: Uh, it's coming out to sixty nine. <laughs> Thank you. That's exactly the number that we were shooting for all right i will sign off on this and on that day if you need us send a bird to the museum of science and industry that's where me and all of the (laughs) 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 all of the what's
2: your favorite what's your favorite part
1: oh the trains
2: (laughs) the trains are fun i like the coal
0: mine
1: I don't know. I've only ever. Oh yeah,
0: a big all. fan of that vortex. You know, I usually yeah,
1: get really yeah. hard.
3: Really something else.
1: But anyway, that's where I'll be. <laughs> don't get in trouble. Don't burn the boat down. And please, don't ever tell me anything about this again.
0: <laughs> I do next year. Okay, see
1: you next year. See you next year, I will year. not be there.
0: Absolutely not. <laughs> Perfect. Have to be. It's in your contract. Nope. <laughs>
3: Campaign Skyjacks is a One-Shot Network production. For more information, be sure to follow us on Twitter at at @campaignpod for updates about live shows and other
0: events we might be doing. Welcome to Character Creation Cast, a show where we create and discuss characters, the best part of role-playing games, with guests using their favorite systems. I'm one of your hosts, Ryan Bolter.
3: And
1: I'm your other host, Amelia Antrim. Join us as we sit down with game designers, podcasters, and fans of games as we dive into learning about different RPGs through the lens of character creation. It's a combination of character building, player advice, game design insights, and even a little bit of fan fiction for a different game every month. We tackle a variety of new and old games, both well-known and indie-produced titles.
0: We learn how creating characters can tell us a lot about the games themselves. Check us out today anywhere you can get podcasts or on the One Shot Podcast Network at OneShotPodcast.com.
3: You can find more great gaming shows over at OneShotPodcast.com. Like all my fantasy children. All My Fantasy Children is a character creation, world-building, and storytelling podcast powered by you! Each week, best friends Aaron catano Saez and Jeff Stormer take a listener-submitted prompt and, using some of their favorite tabletop RPGs, create an original fantasy character. Along the way, they populate a shared universe one story at a time. They share laughs, stories, and verbal hugs along the way. Jonnet Kessler was played by Tyler Davis who can be found on Twitter and Instagram at Tyler A. Dave. Gable was played by Liz Anderson, who can be found on Twitter at Liz Anderson underscore underscore underscore, or on her podcast, Paired. Travis Matigo was played by Johnny O'Mara, who can be found on Twitter at Johnny and Briefs, or on his podcast, Dilettante Ball. I am James D'Amato, your host and Game Master. You can find me on Twitter at OneShotRPG, or on my other podcast, One Shot. The original music featured in this production was composed and performed by Arnie Parrott. You can find Arnie on Twitter at A-R-N-E-P-A-R-R-O-T-T. And you can find more of his work at atptunes.com. This episode was edited by Casey Tony, who can be found on Twitter at Casey Pony, spelled C-A-S-E-Y-P-O-N-E-Y, or on his own podcast, Neo Scum. Our logo was designed by Fiona Shea, who can be found on Twitter at Fiona Pup. The world of Sphere was inspired in part by the music of the Decemberists and the card game Illimat, property of Together Studios. The game used in this production is a modified version of the Genesis role playing system that was created by a talented group of game designers who were fired by a private equity firm owning Fantasy Flight Games. There are no kings. Take flight, heroes. <laughs>
1: strangers who've ever been kind and once for our friends near to rise twice to the dearest we're leaving behind who know we can
2: never deny the call of the sky